We're going to continue our study this evening in what has been called the Lord's Prayer. Starting here in verse number 9 this evening. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Brother Michael, could you turn me down just a hair? After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray. Our gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this evening asking you to enlighten our minds and hearts to the study to this evening about what is forgiveness? What it means to not only desire forgiveness for ourselves, but to grant forgiveness for others. Even more, Lord, we realize that the longer we have served you, it's not only at times forgiving others and not only recognizing that you forgive ourselves, but it seems a great struggle in those who follow after you is learning to forgive ourselves for where we fail you. Lord, I pray that you'll strengthen us this evening. Be with us. Strengthen our flesh as we gathered here, some tired, some weak, but all hungry. Feed us this evening from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. When, when I was in elementary school, I went to this school called the Norwood Baptist Church, or Norwood Baptist School. My fifth grade teacher was a teacher by the name of Miss Chin. I had her for fifth grade twice. When, well, the thing I didn't like about Mrs. Chin's class is she had a chalkboard that was as long as the whole back wall behind her desk. And whenever she would get to writing on the chalkboard, fear would grip me. Because I knew that at any moment while she was writing at the chalk, writing on the chalkboard, she could at the drop of a hat call me to the chalkboard and ask anybody in the class to finish the math equation. Or she could at any moment call you to the chalkboard and ask you to finish labeling the state's shapes and giving their capitals. Whenever she got the writing on the chalkboard, I got to hiding hoping that she wouldn't call on me. But after the class would come to an end, she would ask who would be interested in erasing the chalkboard. Well, with great eagerness, I would raise my hand to erase the chalkboard because I understood once the chalk uh, eraser touched the chalkboard, there was absolutely no chance at all to be asked any of those questions. There was no risk of being asked to fill in the math equations or to name the capitals or states in which I could not name. When I think about forgiveness, this often comes to mind. Forgiveness 
Is God applying the eraser to the chalkboard of our lives? It is the wiping away. It is the washing away of questions that we can't even answer. We can't answer the question. I couldn't answer all the questions on the board no more than uh, we can answer the questions about how we could made right with God, yet God has showed us how to be made right with him. One single eraser brought such sweet relief. We've been walking, working through these last couple of weeks about what, as I said in the beginning, what we've called the Lord's Prayer. We've seen up to this point here that it is good when we pray to be reminded of whom we are speaking to, our Father who are in heaven. It is also what the Lord is teaching us is that the one whom we're speaking to is like no one else we know. Because he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Something special about our heavenly Father. Even further, we've seen that we have to, when we pray, not only recognize that we're speaking to our Father, but we have to align ourselves that this world is not about us, it's about him. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and earth as it is in heaven. And even more last week, we sing, give us this day our daily bread. The reality that we must fully rely on God. But here this evening, we look at verse number 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As I said, for me, forgiveness is the washing of the board. It is the washing away of all the problems that was there before me. But we must understand and recognize that forgiveness is not forgetfulness. Forgiveness is not that you forgot that it happened. That's the complete opposite of forgetfulness. That's the complete opposite of forgiveness. Matter of fact, when you look in Genesis chapter 41 and verses 51, you'll see that when Joseph had this opportunity to name his children, he named his son Ephraim, which to say that God has allowed me to forget, he says. God hath made me to forget all my toil and my father's house. Now that's Genesis chapter 41. But when you get to Genesis chapter 50, you find Joseph standing before his brothers. And when Joseph standing before his brothers, when we get to chapter 50 and verse 20, we're reminded that Joseph has not forgotten what his brothers done. Even though in chapter 41, he said, God has allowed me to forget. But when his brothers are standing before him, Joseph tells his brothers, you have meant it for evil, but God has meant it for good. What Joseph was saying is that God has allowed him to lose the sting, to relieve himself from the burden to forgive his brothers for all that they had done. God has allowed me to forget 
all those people who have done me wrong so that I can move forward in service to him and have a fruitful life. So when we see here the Lord telling us to forgive us and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, it doesn't mean that we forget all the things that we have had happen to us. But it means that when we seek forgiveness from the Lord, not only for what we have done, but for what others has done to us, it is that we seek forgiveness so that the sting is lifted, so that the burden is removed, that the anger is washed away so that we can continue to move forward for him. The Lord is teaching in this prayer that in order for forgiveness to come, though, in order for us to find forgiveness not only for ourselves, we must first confess our faults. He says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. For a man or a woman who does not want to confess their faults, for a man or a woman that doesn't want to confess that they are wrong before the Lord, they will not find forgiveness. See, forgiveness is found when confession arrives first. Without confession, there will be no forgiveness. In order to find the forgiveness, we have to acknowledge a mistake. We acknowledge our mistakes because we have first recognized in whom we're speaking to, our Heavenly Father who is in heaven, whose name is hallowed, who we are to be aligned with His kingdom. And just those three things alone usually gives us enough to seek forgiveness for every day as we live our lives out finding our own desires or as we live out our own lives forgetting in whom we're service to. With this acknowledgement, though, it also not only applies when we're seeking forgiveness from him, but even more it applies to when we're seeking forgiveness from each other. We often need to forgive one another. He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You see, this principle applies. The confession always follows forgiveness. Even when you get to Matthew chapter 18 and we find how the Lord lays out how we are to handle one another, when we find ourselves offended by someone, when we're offended by someone, Matthew 18 says, we're to go to that brother or sister. And there is a confession made, and after the confession, then forgiveness should be found. But confession always leads to forgiveness. This is the Christian model. We confess our faults, we find forgiveness from the Lord and from each other. And by the way, it is unchristian-like, if this is even a way to say it, I can't fully understand how it is that when someone who is in this faith offends us, hurts us, harms us, that we are incapable of forgiving them in full acknowledgement that we're going to spend the rest of eternity with them. You get it? We'd rather hang on to our bitterness 
for this life that is but a vapor, that here today and tomorrow it's gone. We may have two weeks, two months, two years, or 22 years. It doesn't matter. The end result is we're going to be with each other forever. And by the way, whether you work it out here or whether it gets worked out up there, it will get worked out. You ain't going to be in heaven with a grudge. It just ain't going to work out. So when he says the Lord is teaching us here, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Notice this also. Forgiveness is a fruit-based operation. What I mean by that is that the Lord says, forgive us our debts. It's because it is these debts that we find is something that is the result of us doing some bad sewing. These debts that we find, the, the Lord says, forgive us our debts. These debts that we find in our life, the word debt means that you have missed the mark. Debt means that you have come short in your own life. It means to fall short. So the Lord is saying, forgive us our debts. It means that these debts that we have is that as we're living our Christian life, these are days, moments, times where we have spiritually or morally fallen short to what God has required of us. So he says, For, forgive us the, this day, forgive us our debts. Romans 6.23 in the same financial matter says what? For the wages, the pay of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Paul says in Romans that we're earning a payday. The payday is death. But we see that the original problem is that our sin has put us in debt. Forgive us this day our debts. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Sin makes us negative. Sin not only makes us negative, but this is the worst news ever. Sin separates man from God. Sin separates us from God in many different ways. Not only pre-salvation, but post-salvation. Sin will always drive a, a wedge between us and God. Therefore, this is the greatest enemy. We know this, that I'm reminding ourselves that this is not a saved man's prayer. I mean, this is a saved man's prayer. This is not a lost man's prayer. John chapter 3 and verse 19 says, And this is the condemnation, uh, condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. But for those who have been forgiven, for those who have an understanding of where they are spiritually, for those who understand that they have come short, whether it was through the moving of the Holy Spirit or through Scripture, for those who have been aware that they have missed the mark, we come to God in prayer and say, forgive us our debts. Now, this is a fearful request. One man said that this is the most terrible petition taught by the Lord. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The reason he points out that this is the most terrible petition is because he pointed out if we pray these words while harboring an unforgiving spirit, 
we're actually asking God not to forgive us for our sins. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We want God to forgive us as we forgive others. But it is in reverse to say if we're not forgiving others, we really don't want God to forgive us. This is problematic. This is a fearful petition. This is troubling. We're actually asking God to not forgive us. If we pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, while refusing to forgive those who wronged you, this prayer turns from being a moment of which the Lord was teaching the disciples how to pray. But if you follow this out in the manner in which the Lord intended, if we don't forgive, then it actually becomes a self-inflicted curse. We've cursed ourselves. We've doomed ourselves. We're begging God to remain separated from us. Spurgeon said that if you pray the Lord's Prayer with an unforgiving spirit, you have virtually signed your own death warrant. So when we pray, we pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We are asking God to forgive our sins according to the same standard in which we are forgiven others. We draw this understanding from one word in this sentence. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You see it? It's that word as. In the English language, this is called a conjunction. It is a joining word. The Lord is using this one word to pit the first part of the verse against the second part. Forgive us, God, as we forgive others. This is this pitting against each other. So when Jesus says, as, he is comparing between the way we forgive to the way God forgives. Now, let's talk about this forgiveness in a sense. Are we saying, forgive us this day our sins or, or forgive us our, our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's the Lord sitting here talking about that every day that we should pray and ask God to forgive us so that we could make it into heaven. No. This is not salvation. This is not prayer that gets us into heaven. We understand that when we are saved, we have, uh, according to the word, we have been justified. We have been made just as if I never sinned. In the moment of salvation, in the moment we repent of our sins and place our faith in Christ, we are justified. We are made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been freed from the condemnation of the law. There in this faith, his imputation, his righteousness is put upon us and our sins are put upon him. We have been made justified. We remain justified from the moment of salvation, even in the glory. We will never have to worry about losing this. Yet, he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You see, the, the problem isn't that you will lose your salvation. If these deaths are not forgiven, this fear is that you'll lose your relationship. 
this debt that we need to be forgiven of is a, a relational debt. It's debt that hinders our fellowship. It's debt that hinders our walk. So when we refuse to forgive, when we refuse to move on, sin hinders our relationship with God. And honestly, that is why so many people today have uh, for so long have been out of fellowship with God. I know people, and you probably know people too, who have been bitter and unforgiven and had unforgiven spirits for the last 15 years. Not by Danny Holt's opinion, but according to the word of God, if you harbor a spirit of unforgiveness, you are out of fellowship with God. That's what he says. Look at verse 15. If you think that verse number 12 doesn't make it any more clearer. Now, we recognize that sin hinders relationships, right? Uh, matter of fact, David recognized it. What did he say? Search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. He, he, he wanted the sin removed so the relationship could come back. He says in verse number 10, this is why we need forgiveness. But in verse number 15, he says, But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. If you won't forgive their sins, he's not going to forgive your sins. Just as clear as day. Now, even more to say, if you take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter 11, this is not only why so many Believers are out of fellowship, but it's even more than that. It's, it's why so many believers are weak today. So many believers fail to experience what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They fail to experience God's power in their life. Even more, look at verse 23 of Mark chapter 11. For verily I say unto you, but that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Look at this. This sounds good. You ask in faith, you ask believing. You have this access. You go to God asking him in faith to do these things. You can have all these things. You got the right access. You got the right power. You got the right communication. Everything's going good. But then what he says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any. For your Father, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither your Father, which is in heaven, will forgive your trespasses. So what is that in reverse then? If you get all of those things when you come to him in faith, 
right communication, right access, right power. You can have all those things. But in reverse, Jesus finishes telling them here in the lesson of the fig tree started in reverse in 26 and then 25 and then 24 and then 22 says, if you ain't forgiven, then you ain't going to be forgiven. If you're not forgiven, that means you got sin in your life. If you've got unforgiven sin in your life, it means that you don't have access to the Father until you first find forgiveness. And when you find forgiveness, then you have the right access, the right power, because you have the right communication restored. You see why the Lord's Prayer, the Lord is teaching the disciple how important it is to forgive? How it's so important not only to ask God to forgive us, but how important it is to forgive each other. With the wrong spirit, with the spirit of unforgiveness, so to say, when we, when we live in this kind of spirit, the wrong heart, the wrong attitude towards each other, we're cut off. Now, we can still seek God, and God will still forgive. But if we think for one minute that we have tricked God, if we think for one minute that we've tricked God when we come to prayer and we say, you know, I've let those things go. Lord, will you do this? But when we see somebody, we snarl at them. We grin at them. As the saying goes, if they was on fire, I wouldn't get an extinguisher and put them out. We say we're done. I think Moody said that the problem is with Christians and believers is that, that we say we forgive, we bury the axe head, but we always leave the handle out for further use. But forgiveness is where we don't forget the problem. It is impossible to forget. Matter of fact, when people start forgetting things, we start to get worried. We start to think that there's something wrong with us. We think we need treatment. We need medicine. Take 50 pills of fish oil. You know, all the recipes. But the reality is that we, are, we don't forget. But the reality is that Joseph was able to forget in such a manner that even when his brothers came, now he did give Benjamin more. But even when his brothers came, he loaded them down with food. E even when his brothers came, he gave them a portion. Even when his brothers went back to get their father after he had been revealed to them, he not only gave them food, he not only gave them a portion, but he gave all his brothers a change of garments. When they came back, he didn't put the brothers who did him wrong down closer to the place where it wasn't good for keeping sheep or keeping animals. He put them all in the luscious place. And that is the reality of forgiveness. When I forgive you and you forgive me, it means that your desires for the blessings to see in my life is the same desire and the blessings that you'd like to see in my life as you'd like to see in someone who you love dearly. That's forgiveness. It is that when you have a vision of God 
pouring out richly upon someone and the person who hurt you the most, you slide them underneath the water, spigot from heaven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So oftentimes, I, it's, as I said, it's a struggle. We can't seem to let go of a situation that happened five years ago on a starry night. But the Lord is teaching us here that we have to learn to forgive. And the reality, too, is this. I mean, if we're honest, if you really search your heart and ask yourself, when is the last time you was offended? I mean, truly offended. Bothered. Not like Daniel voice singing hurt you. I'm talking about bothered. Laying at home. Wondering why in the world someone said that to you. Really, if you're honest with yourself, it's not every day. Matter of fact, it may not even be once a week. It may not have been once a month, but there's some kind of situation that's happened in our lives where we have find ourselves offended. Yet also recognize what he says. Forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. The reality is what the Lord is trying to align us to is that if we're truthful with ourselves, that when we go to the Lord on the daily, we're seeking him because we fed him. And if it wasn't our actions, it was our thoughts. If it wasn't our actions and our thoughts, it was a place we went or something we said. Every day we fail the Lord. Every day our sin lays our offense to a thrice holy God, and yet we go to him on the daily seeking to find his forgiveness. And as we go to him on the daily seeking to find his forgiveness, as we lay out all the things that we've done, as we confess them to him, God is there. As we're writing them out on the chalkboard, God is washing them all away, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. We can't even utter them fast enough without God's forgiveness. We even seen in the beginning of all this that he knows what we need before we even come to him. We need forgiveness. Unless, now we get to enjoy that, unless you choose not to forgive. Now, as I said, when we pray, forgiveness, oftentimes, it's not always this person offended me. It's not always that I failed the Lord, but sometimes I believe even in my own life, I struggle where I realize I have failed the Lord. Forgiveness sometimes is forgiving yourself of your own mistakes. I feel in my own personal life that no one is a harsher critic on me than me. I get so frustrated. But we have to learn that not only has God forgiven us, but we have got to learn to forgive ourselves. We have got to learn to forgive ourselves from where we let the Lord. Do you think that the sin of you maybe having a bad thought or saying something or watching something is any different than the sin of letting the Lord down on a missed opportunity or a missed this or they're all sin. 
We got to learn to forgive our sins, forgive ourselves. But this is what I love about the Lord's prayer. That's what I love about verse 12. He says, forgive us our debts. The Lord is saying in recognition, I, we, the Godhead, forgive us our debts. We completely understand that you're sinners. We completely understand that you're in desperate need of forgiveness. We completely understand that you will fall short. Now, now that we understand that the Lord understands that we're in desperate need of forgiveness. Now, what about this debtor situation? He said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Proverbs 19 and verse 11 says, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. When someone offends us, when someone hurts us, when someone lays something against us that deeply bothers us, the discretion of a man, woman, will be that they defer their anger. And it will be to our glory if we would just pass over the transgression. It'll be to our glory if we'll just learn that you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, no one's perfect, we all need forgiveness. There's times in my life where I'm thankful that there were people around me who kind of looked over the matter. Because I look back, and if you're honest with yourself, I'm sure we've all been there. Maybe you're not. You've had a, a more smooth spiritual walk than I have. But there are times since I've been saved that I said things. Later on down the road, I'm like, why? You know, it's like when I see some of the people that I said it to, now I've asked forgiveness. I'm like, oh, Lord, I hope they don't bring this up. You know what I mean? Because it's in my mind. It's in, I regret that I ever said it but we make mistakes and we learn to forgive each other and we learn to move forward so in the closing part of verse number 12 when we pray in this structure that the lord gave the disciples not to be repetitiously prayed but in a structure like this when we pray we must always remember that our Father is in heaven, in heaven. His name is to be respected when we go to him. When we go to him, let our focus first be about his kingdom, not about your kingdom. Let our focus be about his will, not your will. Don't start with your desires in the morning. Start with his desires for you in the morning. When we go to him in prayer, pray that he'll give us the nourishments that we need so that we can continue to do his will. And even more, when we get up in the morning and pray, like I said, we pray for daily bread. That means we're praying on the daily. When we get up and pray for our daily bread, let's remind ourselves that we're not perfect. No one else around us is perfect. That we're in desperate need of God's, for God's forgiveness. And others around us are in desperate need of our forgiveness. And when we find ourselves in a situation where 
we don't want to truly forgive someone for what they've done or truly forgive something, someone for something that's happened in the past, all we're saying is, Lord, don't hear my prayers. Lord, don't forgive me. Lord, <laughs> I know that you say that, and then we kind of go on. No, this is the stopping point. This is basically the buck stops here because sin separates. And if harboring sin is what, if harboring bitterness is from not getting the forgiveness that we need in us from the Lord and we're not giving it to others, then we're harboring sin. If we're harboring sin, we've ruined our fellowship. If we're ruining our fellowship, we don't have the power. If we don't have the power, then we also don't have the access to him that we need to even move forward. But in reverse, if we'll just do all that he's put out for us just this far in the Lord's prayer, if we forgive each other as we're supposed to, God's going to forgive us. If God forgives us, then we're going to have the right access to him. If we have the right access to him, we're going to draw closer to him. As we draw closer to him, we're going to have a better understanding of who he is. The more understanding of who he is, the more faith we'll have in him, the more faith we have in him, then we're going to ask more of him believing that if we ask him in faith, without a doubt, to move a mountain, in our life. Now, I'm not talking about a geographical mountain. I'm talking about problems in our life that we don't know how to get around. If we will just put that faith in him, God said, if you'll just do all that, starting over there with forgiveness of each other, if you'll do all that, I'll tell you, you can trust me. I can move any mountain, any obstacle, any hurdle in your life. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity here on this Wednesday night to continue to dive into this prayer, to gain understanding of this structure that you've put out. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray correctly. Teach us to come before you petitioning our Father in the manner that you've laid here, Lord, understanding what bitterness can do, what, a, what an unforgiving heart can do, and knowing that an unforgiving heart is about the heart furthest that we could have from having a heart like yours. Lord, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the request that's been, the prayer request that's been answered, that we've Praise you for before the services, Lord. Thank you for bringing our uh, missionaries back home safely, Lord. Be with them. Guide them as they figure out what you will uh, do in their life next. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to, be an uh, to have the opportunity to, to be involved in a work where, Lord, it seems that they were so far away, but they were laboring for you, and now we give you praise that through them, through the Witten Place Baptist Church, that you've allowed us to be used to plan a work. Lord, I pray that we maybe some years from now will have this same praise again as you work in the Pearson's life, Lord. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.